what is popping gamers welcome to whatever this is it's me your main squeeze ellie coming at you with uh our newest piece of gov reading to do um so yeah today we're, i'm going to be covering chapter 19 lesson one and all of the little bits and pieces involved in that and then uh chapter 20 lesson one but one particular part of that so um yeah if you want to follow along with your book swag if you don't swag um I don't know what I'm going to name this right now. It's currently named uh, Ellie Learns You a Thing About History, I think. I'm probably going to change that later. If you have any name ideas, let me know. And um, that being said, let's uh, get on into it. Alrighty, so I'm going to be going over this in, like, in the same order that is that it is in the book. Fun stuff. Why can't I speak English? So first we're going to be talking about public opinion and democracy. So the guiding question for this big chunk of text here is, why is being responsive to public opinion important in a democracy? Well, long story short, democracies get kind of funky when they don't have public opinions to rely on, in the sense that democracies are supposed to be governments of the people, for the people, by the people. I think that's how that saying goes. I don't know. And um, when you don't really have a good grip on the people, you won't have a successful government if you're trying to make it for the people, you know. And so... Yeah, first up, we're talking about the framers of the Constitution. You know those crusty old white guys you see in every single goddamn history book to ever exist? Yeah, those guys. Fun stuff. So, kind of talking about the demographic that they aimed towards when talking about who can participate in government. And so they did this really funky thing where they were like, yeah, we want people to participate, but not the stupid ones. So, because you know how all of the framers of the Constitution were these really educated white guys. So they assumed that everyone who wasn't a really educated white guy was absolutely fucking stupid. And so, um, yeah, they made it difficult for people to participate um, just because they didn't want those stupid people to put in their input, which, I mean, I can kind of understand, but at the same time, that's not really swag of them to do. But nonetheless, they did it because they don't care. They're not swag. I'm getting off topic now. So they wanted to essentially... Um, the official phrasing here is to um, kind of like give the government some cushion from uh, an ill-informed public, which is essentially they're talking about stupid people here. Um, and so public opinion is really important to the government because um, surprisingly, the government does listen to public opinion only sometimes. But a big part of how the government functions in is it listens to the public, but also the media and then also their own political parties. And then also whoever supports them. If you're a politician and you've got this huge, like this huge company with lots of money supporting you and donating to your campaign, you're going to want to make sure that you still agree with them politically because that's where a good source of your campaign money is coming from. That's where, you know, your money is coming from. And if you don't have their support, you're going to lose a good chunk of money. Um, Yeah. So then next we're talking about political socialization. So the guiding question here is what factors in influence an individual's political attitudes? So um, yeah, the idea of political socialization here is um, from like an early age when you start to really understand political concepts and start to really listen to other people's opinions. Based on everything around you, you will develop your own opinions. At least that's the goal here. Um, and it also talks about how everything around you has a really big influence on who you become and like political stuff too so some examples of um 
things that politically socialize us. It's um, like your family and your house, your friends, your school, your personal experience, mass media, and then a bunch of other stuff too. So family and home influence. It's one of the really important ones, I think, just because when you're surrounded by people from the same people for most of your life, chances are you're going to pick up on some of their attitudes. And then, um, you know, you know. Like, for example, if you're someone who grows up in a really conservative area with really conservative parents, this isn't always true, but more often than not, you tend to become pretty conservative just because that's all you've ever known. If you're lucky enough to have access to more education, your views will broaden a lot. But at the same time, they're not going to if you're stuck in the same place forever, you know? Same goes for, like, people who are really liberal. If you grow up in a very liberal household in a very liberal area, chances are you're gonna become pretty liberal. That is, unless something changes your mind, you know? Uh, yeah. So then schools and peer groups. Now I'm pretty sure all of us know, um, like, when you, when you, like, ask your parents to do something and they respond with, well, if all of your friends jump off of a bridge, would you jump off it too? No. But, um, it's kind of an example of how the people, like, our friends and, like, our schools really do play an important part on, like, our lives. This is going back to the same example that I just said. If you go to a really conservative thinking school, chances are you're going to turn out to be pretty conservative. Or not. Or not. But still. My point stands. Um, and then also, personal experiences play a huge part. If you're someone who's, um, you know, a minority, you've seen how the system is absolutely fucked, you're not going to see it the same way as someone who's really privileged and has not seen the ugly parts of our government or the, like, federal or state or city governments, you know? Um, and then, yeah, things like uh, your race, your ethnicity, your religion, your, like, how much money you have, your gender, stuff like that plays a really huge part in um, your how you see the government. Because going back to the example that I just said, um, if you are, like, a minority, you're going to look at the government so much differently than if you were, like, a really witch old white person. So then another thing here is the media. So I'm pretty sure we've all had the discussion of, well, media is pretty biased most of the time, which is not a lie. Um, pretty much every single news site to ever exist, no matter what side of the aisle they're on, they're, you know, really biased. Um... TV, television, TV is television, you dipshit. Um, television, the internet, news articles, magazines, all of that is usually pretty biased and that can also play an impact on uh, what your views turn to be out. Um, yeah. So, oh yeah, here's an example. Copaganda. If you are someone who grows up watching a lot of copaganda and seeing like how like the idol idea idolized version of the cops are you're probably gonna think pretty highly of them but then if you're someone who's experienced police brutality you're really not going to there's a lot of just pretty much all of this is just emphasis on um like opinions and experiences if i'm being honest that's, that's pretty much it so then next we're talking about political culture so the general ideas of a country or a group of people can also I already said this, play a big impact on, like, your beliefs. So, like, let's look at America, for example. Some of their, like, political values 
It's like the Constitution, personal rights, um, talking about, you know, a lot of emphasis on, like, individualism in terms of, like, achievements, private property, political equality, ha ha ha, political quote-unquote equality, democracy, this kind of idea of me on my own, doing my own things, but then also togetherness, I guess. I don't know what that was supposed to be. Ignore that. Pretend that didn't happen, please, and thank you. So yeah, it's just um, talking about like political culture, it's essentially how does the how does your country play an impact in the way you think? Swag. So then we got political efficacy, and the guiding question here is what factors influence an individual's political actions? And so the idea behind political efficacy is um, a per it's a person's belief that they can have an impact on government and on policy. So, um, you know, it's kind of, these are the people, um, essentially who are, I, I say doing the most, it's not in a bad way, but they're the, like, the people who you usually see, like, out protesting because they believe, like, even if I am just a single person, I still have that ability to play an impact in the government like that, which is very epic of them, I think. And, um, it's kind of talking about how these feelings of, like, my singular opinion even if it's not just all of my opinions can play an impact on government. It's how um, democracy really has its oomph to it, if that makes sense. It's um, without citizen participation, democracies would be kind of gross, my guy. Like if, if a government for the people is not catering to the people, literally, what is the point? There, there is none. There is none. And then also um, the nature of public opinion what kind of what is public opinion because when you think of everyone in america's opinions you tend to think of a lot of different things because there is not just one set congrats america opinion every single person in this country has their own opinion which is which is swag but at the same time no it's not so um yeah talking about overall public views is public opinion you would think that's what like, you would think by the name public opinion that's what it is, but the book had to clarify just in case. Um, and yeah, it's not every single person's opinion, like a public opinion about politics, but it's a good number of people. Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, sorry if I'm kind of flying through this. If you listen to this and you're like, hey, what the fuck did you just say? Just text me and I'll revisit it. Um... So yeah, and then there's three main factors that kind of talk that describe public opinion. So um, and like talk about the nature of it. So um, public opinion, as you would think, is really varied. Um, there's a lot of different people in the United States, so naturally everyone's opinion is pretty different. Um, because there's a lot of diversity in American society, quote unquote diversity. Um, there isn't always diversity, but anyways, I'm getting off topic. I'm getting off topic. Um. A lot of different people will have different opinions on pretty much every virtual issue. Um, and so another uh, important thing about the nature of public opinion is communication. So if you want public if you want public opinion to like actually mean something to the government, you gotta find a way to communicate that to them. Otherwise they're they're not gonna know. You know, kinda like the saying closed mouths don't get fed. And granted I'm saying this with a grain of salt because sometimes you do petition the government and the government's like, I do not see. 
So, you know, just fair warning. So, um, yeah, unless Americans make their opinions, like, clear, public officials will not know what the hell's going on here. And then, um, then, like, in the same way, officials won't be able to, like, make a good decision based on public opinion. Um, and so that's why, like, polls, letters emails to like different representatives are pretty important and then also social networking social network has played a really big part in um like politics and like important stuff like that nowadays because you see a lot more people getting their ideas shared um which is swag but also not swag at the same time because it also gives the wrong people that kind of power too and then significant numbers which is essentially if um an opinion has most of america's like thumbs up to it then that's just gonna be a public opinion which is like i i understand but um like for example if like 80 percent of americans have the same view then that's just gonna be considered america's view on it you know so epic congrats that was uh chapter 19 lesson one and then chapter 20 lesson one but then one particular part we're talking more about the mass media so the guiding question here is, how has the relationship between the mass media and government changed over time? Ooh, golly, has it. <laughs> um, and so, in this section over here, the mass media is, um, you know, just, just media. Um, media has been an important part in our government for pretty much the whole time. Fun stuff. Um, they were, you know, they're talking about when George Washington was elected and they'll be here forever. Um... Newspe newspapers, magazines, radio, television, the internet, social media platforms. Sadly, even BuzzFeed counts in this. Um, and, you know, BuzzFeed's interesting in terms of news. So, yeah, so this is kind of talking about uh, media bias also. Um, just because there are so many different news sources talking about so many different things. And every time... A news source talks about something they always put their little twist in to make them seem quirky it's not actually why but it's it's kind of why so there's a variety of different ways to share news um that this thing he's talking about so first we've got the hard news which is just news nothing else fancy to it it is simply news fun stuff and then um we've got commentary Commentary is the stuff that you essentially see on Fox News and CNN where it's they give you a piece of news but then everyone else is talking about it. It's um I've heard it called uh like those talking head um they're they're talking head uh news broadcasts where it's essentially um like it's a group of people most of the time 90% of the people there have the same opinion and then there's that one person who doesn't have the same opinion and they're given a piece of news to talk about. And then they all talk, and then the one person with a different opinion does not get to speak ever because everyone else is talking over them. Fun stuff. And then also, um, features take a bit of a deeper look into a topic and gets more, um, you know, into it. <sighs> There's a lot here. Um, and then editorials are more of a... Hi, sorry for that awkward cut gamers. Had to switch places. Um, mom came back home, and, um you know, has to work, so here we are, just moved into a different place, fun stuff. So, um, editorials are, um, really more opinionated than, um, anything else, it's just completely based on opinion. 
columns. They're like a blend of stories and opinions, but it's usually written by the same person with the same bias the whole time. Fun stuff. Um, and yeah, so those are just different types, like different ways of conveying the news. Um, and then of course, there's a lot of different parts in making news. Like you got reporters, journalists, editors, editorial writers, cartoonists, photo people, correspondents, the whole shebang. Um, and yeah, that concludes all of this fun stuff. And yeah, that was pretty much uh, what this reading was. Um, I hope y'all gamers enjoyed. Um, if I wasn't clear enough about some stuff, just let me know, and then I'll re—I'll go over it again with you. Um, and yeah, sorry this is kind of like bad, but you know what? It's, it's, this is the first time I'm doing this. Fun stuff. Um, yeah, that's epic. I'll see you gamers later. Au revoir.